You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to, uh, you know, to have found your book and, you know, to, to uh, just talk to you. So same, likewise. Yeah, so I, I did um, get your book off of Amazon. And I read that. And I have to tell you, it just like left me wanting more, like I wanted to know more. <laughs> so you definitely have to write more books very brief and just the tip of the iceberg so much has happened since then so what I want to know is um, some background about you like how long have you been a nurse how long have you you know what did you do as a nurse how did you even get into nursing in the first place I have been a nurse since July of 2011 I always I really liked the medical field in high school I was in anatomy and physiology and I love dissecting um, I think it was like the frogs and cats and other animals in A&P. And I knew I wanted to do medical. I originally wanted or was going to major in biology pre-PA and become a physician assistant. But I wanted to make sure I had a job when I graduated college and having just a biology undergrad doesn't necessarily assure that you're going to get hired anywhere with that. Um, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do nursing. I'll I'm gonna, so I didn't like ever grow up as a little girl always wanting to be a nurse. I kind of chose it as a logical um, degree to get. I knew I wanted, and I knew my goal was to always go on and do more, like um, be a PA specifically. And then when I was in nursing school, I kind of found out what a nurse anesthetist was. And I was like, oh yeah, they make the big bucks. Like, <laughs> I, I want to do that, be a nurse anesthetist. So that was always the, the goal was to get the nursing degree and then go on. Um, after getting some experience, go on to school more. Did you? So, did anybody in your family? Nobody in your family is medical. My mom is a nurse. She went um, back to nursing school as a non-traditional student when I was in sixth grade, and my middle sister was in third grade, and my youngest sister was in kindergarten. So she had three kids in school, and she went back and got her nursing degree. <laughs> and what did she do as a nurse? She um, worked on the orthopedic floor and then at the heart hospital as well, cardiac. Does she still work? Mm-hmm. She does uh, cardiac rehab now and outpatient um, cardiac services. Wow. There, there's some nurses that are so dedicated. They're like, <laughs> you know, they're lifers. Totally. You know, I know. I commend them. I don't know how they do it um, day in and day out. I mean. As, as you know, I started this business. I, I mean, after five years, I was like, I, I gotta, I need more. I need something else, you know? What kind of unit were you working on? What did you start out as? I started in the cardiac ICU and I worked there as a nurse for three years. And then we moved to Arizona from South Dakota and I did medical surgical ICU and also outpatient infusion. So we being you and your family or? Um, my, my husband and I, we moved to Arizona. We were um, dating at the time and then got married down here after moving. Oh, what took you guys to, to Arizona? 
uh, the beautiful weather. And <laughs> you mean South Dakota doesn't have beautiful weather? <laughs> Not in the winter. In the summer and fall, yes. Um, and the chance, the, the opportunities. I mean, there's just, it's the land of opportunity down here, especially compared to South Dakota. So you don't have any family or anything in South Dakota? It's just something that you came to? No, all of our families in South Dakota. We both grew up there. Our okay. whole entire family are, are back in South Dakota. Okay. Um, so what did you love about being a nurse? Oh, I loved the ICU, the adrenaline. I mean, I love nothing better than pushing the code blue button and, <laughs> and getting the code card in there and cranking on the, you know, cracking some ribs while doing CPR and starting four different vasopressor drips. Like I love it. I love the adrenaline. <clears throat> and then just doing a really, really good job of taking care of patients. Like my favorite patient was someone on the mini kidney or CRRT or also we called it SLED in South Dakota. But it was a one-on-one -on -one patient. They're super sick, um, super intense and you were titrating drips and running this huge machine, basically like their kidney. Um, that was my absolute favorite thing to do because you could just take such amazing, awesome care of this patient because you only had one patient, you could tend to everything and also take care of their families. Like I got such satisfaction out of having family members like ask, okay, are you gonna work tomorrow? Are you working tomorrow? When are you back? We really want you to be our nurse again. Um, that, that is like one of the most rewarding feelings ever, or when the patient themselves like hug you and just share, share that with you and just, you know, basically they're like complimenting you and saying you did a good job and thank you for what you did for me. That, I love that. Or, or, um, I love, I hugged my patients. I cried with my patients. I laughed with my patients especially on end of life patients. Um, I would always be right there with the family, pray with them, cry with them, share everything with them. And that was, I mean, as sad as it is to, to let up your patient go, it's also can be very rewarding as a nurse to share that with family members and just um, have the honor of sharing that intimate time with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what kind of like, drove you crazy about being a nurse or kind of drove you away from the ICU? So I never once heard this when I was a nurse in South Dakota for three years. And I came down here to Arizona and started working in the ICU. And all of a sudden it's my, something I have to worry about as a nurse is the unit's budget, hmm. money. I'm like, I don't care. We need to have as many nurses as we need for the sick patients. If we have 18 super sick patients that are one-on-ones, well then we need 18 nurses to take care of all of these patients that need a one-on-one -on -one nurse. Like, I don't care how much money it costs. And I get so fired up about this. Mm -hmm. um, and this is ultimately the budget and having, and how do I be politically correct? Having lazy supervisors mm -hmm. and lazy managers above me who would take shortcuts, sit on their phones, sit at the, sit at the nurse's station while I'm drowning back here. Hey, I'm about to code this patient. Can I get another set of hands, please? So maybe we don't have to code the patient that, and I never had that in South Dakota. Never once. It was, um, way better teamwork and never once were we burdened with the thought of, Oh, is the unit over budget? Like that's not a nurse, a floor nurse's worry that that is the manager and whoever the higher ups. Maybe that's just how, how, what, 
such a great hospital I worked at in South Dakota that they never were. I mean, they had a great budget because they did such a good job. They had enough revenue to pay for everything. I mean, it was such an amazing hospital. <clears throat> so that was ultimately what um, drove me away was that they kept cutting the nurses to save money. They would make us take care of more and more patients with less and less staff, nurses and nursing aides included. And just having it all be about the budget and it's just like, no, we need to take care of the patients. So I guess this is the thing, like how do you go from being an ICU nurse to being a business owner like what what are the the steps there like i mean did it just come to you one day or or how did you make that leap i have to credit my husband so much because um he helped change my mindset and helped me ultimately figure out that i wasn't going to be happy i still was going to have all these issues with budget and <laughs> staffing cuts if i went on to be a nurse anesthetist or a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant and I read the book, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. That book looks so cheesy to me. I was like, <laughs> it looks so stupid. Why would I read this book? But I, I think I was literally so bored. It was my day off and I started to read it. And it's, it's an awesome book. And that book changed is the reason I'm talking to you today. It flipped the switch. And I was like, because that book talks about like going back to school and getting more degrees it doesn't mean that you're going to be happy or that you're going to still, um, I don't know, have financial freedom basically. So I read that book and then I was hungry for more. And my husband, um, is an entrepreneur and a self-employed business owner. And he gave me more books, more things to read. I was like, I need more books. I need stuff like that to keep me going. And he eventually introduced me to Grant Cardone and I have so much to, thank Grant Cardone for. I'm going to meet him someday. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to meet him. Actually, if you print this book with that in there, I will for sure get to meet him. <laughs> I, um, he just, he, so that's essentially listening to his podcast. I got the idea for this business and I already had the mindset. I'm like, I got to get out of this, out of this hospital. Like I'm, I'm becoming a very unhappy person working here. Um, and he gave me the idea Basically, the idea was something of a concierge nurse. He's like, okay, the nurse is not going to go away. Um, he's like, if I would branch into the nursing business, I would do something concierge um, and just try to find, fill a need, you know, find a problem, find a need, and then offer a solution. So he's like, Mallory, what, what? you need to do. <laughs> I, I feel like Greg, uh, Grant Cardone is like, Mallory, this is exactly what you need to do. If you're a nurse, this is what you need to do. <laughs> Can I be any more direct to you? <laughs> oh, man. I, so, yeah, it, it was a little bit like I was driving. <clears throat> I think I have it quoted in my book what the date was. I can't remember the date anymore. It's like it was April of 2016, I think. And I, I had like an epiphany. I was listening to his podcast on the, my way to work is about a 30 minute commute. And it's so easy just to zone out and listen to music on your way to work. But I was like, no, you need to keep listening to this stuff and you need to keep investing in yourself and making yourself better. And this podcast, I was like, oh my God, so I'm going to do so. I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be concierge something and I'm going to figure it out. 
and that was the cascade that started the cascade of and led to where we are today. Well, so you know what I find interesting, especially because I know so many nurses that go back for multiple degrees and I, you know, I feel like they're looking for something that they're just not going to find in, you know, and I, I teach nurse practitioners like that's, uh, you know, that's my, uh, one of my jobs is teaching nurse practitioner students and I'll have them in my class and I'm like, oh, why do you want to be a nurse practitioner? And it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like you don't want to be a bedside nurse anymore. It's total burnout and it is. extremely exhausting in every sense possible, physical, mental, spiritual, every every way. It's exhausting. Right. And actually with the CRNA thing, which, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, when you when you tally out that money, it really isn't that much. Like, I mean, especially based on what you could make as an entrepreneur because like when you work like exponentially hard on your business you get disproportional rewards when you work extra hard at the hospital you just get more work <laughs> you don't get any more money right and that is exactly what made me mad at the hospital too i could bust my butt and get paid the same or less than the lazy nurse next to me and mm -hmm. in the world of mal that doesn't go over so well right <laughs> <laughs> Mal's um, world, that makes me not happy. What, so what's Mal's world? Oh, God. I wish my husband was here to tell you because he could just rattle it off. But <clears throat> I, I want everything to be fair, and life isn't fair, I know. But, I mean, that's the, the awesomeness of owning your own business. The harder you work, the more you're rewarded. Like, you mm -hmm. just said it. Like, it's and, – and I – it's so awesome – and inspiring like you know you've heard the saying the harder i work the luckier i get like it's it's true it's true <laughs> i love it yeah i love it when people are like oh you're so lucky you have this this and that and you're like well it only took me like a lifetime to get here you know <laughs> it's only took me all these things and all this money to like learn everything i needed to know to get to where i am yep so, yep um so you, when you talk about mindset, because you talk about this in your book, um, you know, what, what kind of mindset do you feel like somebody needs to be in to make that transition from being a nurse to, to being a, a business owner or like taking that leap of, of faith? Yeah, you have to. So like, that's why that book by Robert Kiyosaki is so awesome because um, he, he teaches you basically how to have that, how to think differently about it. Like, um, oh, trying to gather my thoughts on it, but <clears throat> it's like when I worked at the hospital, you clock in, you clock out, you get paid on the hour, you know, for your hours worked there. Like you want to have positive cash flow. You want to build something that can pay you when you're sleeping. Um, and the mindset has to be not just to go back to school and get more degrees. The mindset is to build something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, that, but yeah, so I have a lot of nurses that it's, and I'm always impressed when, cause I have some students that are associate degree nurses and then the bachelor nurses and a lot of the, the nurses will say, well, you know, I don't have any expertise or I'm not smart enough or I'm, you know, I'm not ready for this. All excuses. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have a master's degree, right? But you have a successful business. Yep. So there's not a disconnect from, for you from being, you know, you don't have to be a nurse practitioner. You don't have to prescribe things in order to have a company. Nope. 
I think it's better if you don't have all that schooling because all that schooling sometimes paralyzes you. It's like paralysis of analysis a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just made the decision that I was going to to build something and and to find a need and and offer a service that um, solved a problem. And I didn't know what it was going to be. I just decided I'm going to do this. And I just, <clears throat> it's kind of like one of my patients who um, had a, a really large amount of weight loss. And she said so herself. She's like, the only thing different between being overweight and not overweight is my mindset. Mm -hmm. I just had to make the decision one day that I was going to lose the weight. And then it's like, kind of like, oh, I, I used to think this in my mind. It still is building the business. Like I'm taking ice picks and climbing up the wall of ice slowly but surely but you're getting there like you're gonna get it and you and you are determined to do it so you, and eventually you will get it so what was the problem that you originally found that you decided to build your business around that's the thing i didn't know what problem i was solving at first really so when i would go into doctor's offices or tell people about my business it was kind of like word vomit i just <laughs> said like my name is Mallory. I'm a nurse. This is what I can do for you. I wasn't really solving a problem. The problems I solve now are what I truly sell. I sell privacy um, to plastic surgery patients who are coming from out of state and out of country and don't want to tell anyone they're having surgery. They can have a very private surgery by hiring me or the nurses that work for me to be their caregiver or their support person. Um, I hire, or excuse me, I sell convenience. Um, I sell peace of mind. And I sell taking the burden off of friends and family. So by having hiring Solos um, to be your patient advocate, for example, I I have one um, a couple that I go with to all their doctor's appointments, and I take notes. And they have friends, they have family, they're very loved and well connected, but they don't want to burden anyone to have to come with them to their appointments. So that is what that's truly what they're buying me for. And my nursing background and my ability to interpret what the doctor's saying and to take very great concise notes. And then I summarize the notes and email them back to them. Um, but yeah, convenience, privacy, um, peace of mind, companionship. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, people need companionship. They'll, I might not be doing anything, but just sitting on the couch with someone and just offering my presence, my warmth, um, you know, conversing with them, watching TV. And, and they know that I bill by the hour and, and they are okay with that. They are paying me for my companionship. That is so underrated. And, I, and nurses don't understand how valuable that is. That, oh. that one thing that we do. People pay, I mean, people will pay so much for that. You just, uh, Grant Cardone taught me too, like you have to follow the money. So I am following the money a bit by having this business in Scottsdale, Arizona and um, marketing to the plastic cosmetic and reconstructive um, offices because typically almost I would say 90% of those patients are all private pay and I take private pay as well. So that is me quote unquote following the money. But then once you get in and people trust you and they love you and um, you keep getting referrals, like they'll, they're not just paying you for your, for your nursing um, background. They're, they're paying you for you, for your personality, for, your warmth, love, caring, how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. I, I make people feel good. And make <laughs> so you didn't start out realizing that you were selling privacy, convenience, and companionship, right? Like, no, I didn't, I didn't really know that was my value proposition. I didn't realize that, that that's what I had to offer. And that's what people definitely are willing to pay. 
So would you, were you going kind of blind with what you were, you were kind of searching for? I, I was like, I knew I just had to start somewhere and that's my best advice. Biggest advice, like just start. Don't get paralyzed. The paralysis of analysis again, like don't get paralyzed trying to make it perfect. Like just get out there, just start. And by networking, like you will find, you will find it. It will happen. If you have a hundred percent belief in yourself and you keep going and I, I'm also, I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. I was prepared for it and it basically did. It took about a year for it to take off. And I worked part-time um, almost that whole entire year. Actually, yeah, just right at a year. I worked part-time while I launched the business and I just had it in my heart. Like I had the vision and, and I just kept going. So there's, can you tell us about um, kind of your first patient, like, because I know those are very unique and, and special people in your life when you get your first paying customer. <laughs> My first paying customer had surgery, um, did not want to tell anyone that they had surgery. So once again, privacy and convenience. They did not tell anyone they knew they had surgery and they needed a ride home. I picked them up at the surgery center and gave them a ride home. How did you find that person? That person... Um, Got my brochure and my info from the doctor's office, from the patient coordinator at the doctor's office. Okay, so you actually went to doctor's offices and dropped your stuff off. Yeah, I, I called, scariest calls ever, making cold calls. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm still not super great at cold calls. Um, the way I get through the door, well now offices have worked with me and they will refer me to other offices, but I just was genuine, just transparent in myself and super nervous. But that office in particular, I literally, I saw that doctor in uh, Phoenix Magazine. I was like, huh, he looks like he's doing pretty good. I called the office. I got in touch. They gave me the email for the patient coordinator. I emailed the patient coordinator. And this is like one in a million. Nurses need to know when you start, this isn't going to always happen. But this one in particular, she basically said, yes, how soon can you be here? I need your stuff like your services. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one in a million. Because I got a lot of... Um, we already use somebody. Okay, thanks. We'll keep your info. Um, yeah, like, sorry, we don't have time to meet with you. You know, all the, you get a lot of no's. Right. But you just need that one yes to make it happen. Oh, yeah. So you, so they, there's competition out there as well in your space, right? Well, I don't know any other nurse concierge nurse patient advocate i know there's other patient advocates here in the valley i'm the only nurse i know doing what i do there are nurses aides um who help that that before i came along before solos came along these doctors offices the plastic surgery centers and offices were referring patients that needed help to um there's at least like two or three different nurses aides um that own businesses that would send nurses aides to help Okay. Something like we have on the East Coast, I'm in Philadelphia, but uh, like visiting angels and they're kind of a companionship type of yeah. service. That, home care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What I provide is home care. You just happen to get a nurse with nursing experience providing the home care rather than a nurse's aid. But you're not officially a home health agency. We're not home health. No. Okay. Um, at, home, home care is different than home health. Okay. Okay. How did you figure out the distinction? <laughs> Um, going to a lot of networking meetings, I was in a networking group that dealt with home care, home health, hospice, um, 
retirement communities and stuff. And so that verbiage is used a lot. And so I learned from that networking group about it. And in the state of Arizona, it's very lenient for home care companies. I don't think you, <clears throat> don't quote me. <laughs> I don't think you need any licensure to be a home care company in the state of Arizona. It's super lenient. Okay. So you were actually networking as well at this point. Yes. You did yes. that pretty early on? Yep. Right away. Um, I got my, so when I knew kind of what I wanted to do, I spoke to a lawyer right away and I got his advice and his recommendation on like what I could all do as an independent nurse in the state of Arizona. And I got um, set up an LLC and I got business insurance, got an EIN, business liability insurance. And my insurance agent referred me to this uh, conference, I guess you could say, or I don't know. Yeah, a conference. And I went there and all the connections I made there that day, that's how I got into my networking group. And you know what? It wasn't the space I ended up in, but it doesn't matter. That's what I want to tell people who are starting. Like, just get in and, and just start um, networking and practicing, like, your pitch, the services you offer. Because it took me a long time. I still need to refine my pitch. My pitch is I help people before and after surgery, particularly plastic, cosmetic, and reconstructive surgery. That, that could be way better. Um, so that's something I can improve on. But it's pretty um, direct. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, some pitches are just like, what? <laughs> I'm confused. But that's very direct and on point. So that's, that's great. I'm good. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> so you have a team at this point. I have a team. Um, they're all independent contractors. So they're not employees. Um, but I have a nurse that pretty much, I guess you could consider full-time. Um, she takes as many cases as I can get, as I can give her. Um, and then I have three other nurses that I'm bringing on right now that are going to be considered quote unquote, um, I guess PRN, but they're not employees. So I wouldn't use that term, but they have other jobs, but they're going to help solos on the side. Okay. How did you find them? Um, the first one, the full-time one found me. She saw me in a magazine article. Oh, you're she, kidding. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there is a God because it's just unreal that she found me and she has amazing plastic surgery experience over 30 years of nursing experience. She already was doing basically providing the services that Solus provides in another state before she joined me. Wow. She's already doing everything. So I didn't, have to train her at all like she just goes she's amazing um the other the next nurse was somebody that my first nurse knew and the next two are actually full-time nurses at plastic surgeons offices um one of them i've worked with and have picked a lot of patients up from her so she's seen me she sees what solos does and then the next one i met at um, a networking event um so yeah so networking is very important. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's very intimidating. Like mm -hmm. that, that last nurse, for example, I could have very easily just stayed home on the couch in my sweatpants, you know, not gone out to that event. But you got to force yourself to get out and do it. And, and look, I met this amazing nurse with all this, these years of experience. And she's a go-getter and so driven. Like, it's, you know, I would have never met her if I wouldn't have gone to that event. So what I find interesting is that you were an ICU nurse and now you're in the plastic surgery 
sector or, or, or whatever. Like, did you have, were you intimidated by going into this segment or, you know, did you think, well, maybe I shouldn't be in this niche or, I'm, and I'm not quite sure what the, I'm trying to get the words yeah, out. Um, <clears throat> originally when I started the business and this is before I found the little niche in plastics, I would have loved to have been hired by families and I did have one family hire me to do this, but to be like a bedside advocate, a bedside warrior for their family member in the ICU, like I would have loved nothing more. I just, I guess, and maybe there still is a need for it, but I couldn't find the gatekeepers to connect me with the people who would need yeah. that. And then I just, one day I was like, you know, I'm going to look into plastics because once again, as Grant Cardone says, follow the money. They have money. Um, and I didn't even know at the time that they're buying privacy and convenience and peace of mind. Really, I later found out that's truly what I'm selling them. So I just, I literally made a list, looked through a magazine of a bunch of different plastic surgeons in Scottsdale, made a list and called them and sent emails out and set up appointments to go in and meet with people. And that was, um, you know, I started to get calls and I kept following it. How long was it that you got calls? Because this is the thing, like most people would call like one surgeon's office and when they say, we don't, oh, yeah, that's great, wonderful. And then you never hear back from them. It's just kind of like, oh, well, nobody really needs my services. Like, how do you find that motivation to keep trying? My husband helps me and the podcast, you just, and the books, audio books, you got to just keep, 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 keep going. Um, and I knew that there was, I knew I just had to gain trust and have let get these offices to trust me. Um, I knew that they had patients that needed help. Mm -hmm. I, I knew they did. So just just keep going. And I still to this day have offices. You know, I just had an office a couple months ago say, you know, thank you so much. I had been in there multiple times, brought them donuts, brought them bagels, took just went in, just a smile on my face, not asking for anything in return. Just hey, hey, how's it going? And they called me and said, you know, we reviewed your stuff with the doctor and, and we really don't think we're going to need your services. I said, okay, great. Guess who needed my services when they got in a pinch? <laughs> office. So they called me and um, one of their patients once again needed a ride home. She needed a ride and needed to get taken into the house and I got her all set up and then she was good. And then that office started calling you? Um, I've just had that one patient from them, but... <clears throat> I can say that is the same for another office, and now I've gotten multiple. It's like the floodgates have opened. Mm -hmm. This one office that I guess you could say was just kind of cool, you know, and they used other people, and then they got in a pinch, they got in a bind, and needed help kind of like same day or the next day, last minute, and I did a good job. I did what I said I was going to do. I was reliable. I was friendly, um, and now I'm their number one referral. <sighs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so what is, persistence. Persistence, yes. Yeah. What does what does a typical day look for, like for you? Oh my gosh, we're getting so busy. Um, a typical day now is I wake up, I get ready, and I this is so backwards. Like I hope I'm not going to get any last minute calls because I get <laughs> kind of nervous. But I'll usually at least three days of the week get a last minute call of someone who maybe needs something that day or within the next day or two. Um, so I am trying to, with all of our cases, try to give them to the nurses that are independently contracting with me. So I myself can be available for the last minute stuff. Um, but 
let's say, okay, so today I, I went to Scottsdale Preparatory Academy and had a booth set up and, and presented at their STEM Career Awareness Day as a nurse entrepreneur and a concierge wow. nurse. It was so fun. Oh, that was probably great. like, what in the world is this? <laughs> that is so awesome. And then I had a patient that we've been helping after surgery. Um, she had surgery a week ago and she had her follow-up appointment today. So went and picked her up, took her to her follow-up appointment, um, you know, took notes then, made sure all her questions were answered at the follow-up. And then we got some new prescriptions, went to the pharmacy, dropped the prescriptions off, went to the grocery store, picked up the prescriptions, went home. Um, did a little bit of laundry for her. She um, sat and ate. We got all her medications organized. And then I, I left. And I'm going to check in on her later. Give her a call or give her a text. Say, hey, how are you doing? And, and now I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> how do you define your services? Like, how did you decide what's included or what's not included? Hard to, I agonized over making my fee schedule and my services. I knew, I knew within like the first month or two, because people would ask me the doc, the offices, the office staff, the managers would say, okay, do you do overnight stays? Do you do overnight stays? Do you do overnight stays? So I just, of course said, yes. I I'm like, yep. Yep. Sure. Just, <laughs> I didn't doubt just say yes and figure it out later. So I knew I was going to do the overnight stays. I knew I was going to do transportation because that's a big need. Um, sometimes that's all people need is just a ride. And 90% um, of the surgery centers around here won't let you take an Uber or Lyft. You have to have a responsible adult. Is that what it's like there too? You know, If they, uh, if they need a responsible adult. Yeah. Or if you can take an Uber or Lyft home. After. No, you can. I, I think you can. Okay. Uh, we, I mean, we've actually given, this is terrible, but bus tokens to people to get them out of the hospital. So I, I imagine they can take a lift. <laughs> right. So maybe that's just for a, a discharge patient, but someone after general anesthesia. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, I knew I was going to do transportation and then I just kind of slowly built it. And one day I just made myself sit down on Canva and figure out my prices because I was kind of wishy-washy when people would call me about prices too. I had my hourly rates, but I didn't have my package rates for overnight stays and for 24 hour stays and day stays. So I finally sat down and did that. And I don't know if it's just a woman thing or, but we kind of are like, Oh, are we charging too much? Is that too much? But I just did it. And eventually you just have to make a decision and, and move forward. Right. Yeah, I've, I find like, um, I've come across a lot of nurses that they want to do everything for free. Um, they want to do things for free. And they don't realize that that's exhausting and that that's not sustainable. But putting, um, you know, a package together and putting prices on that, that takes a lot of confidence. Like, I mean, how did you eventually find that confidence to say this is what I'm worth and this is what I'm going to charge? I, I got the confidence from um, listening. Uh, once again, I just keep going back to this, but like Grant Cardone um, and just like put a price on it. And, and you yourself, when you put a price on it, you will feel um, obligated to bring that much value to whatever price you put on it. So like I bring a lot of value for the price I put on it. I feel very dedicated isn't the word, but you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give you every penny's worth you're going to, you're paying for like, cause I'm 
um, I can't, the word is escaping me, but I mean, cause ultimately if you don't charge what you need to charge, you cannot continue to do what you're doing. Right. No. And then you start to resent what you're doing and then you become a not, a not happy person again. Mm -hmm. You have to feel good about the price. Um, and it has to make you want to keep doing it. Right. What do you think, um, so where did you learn your marketing skills? Like how did you decide what to do? And, and you know, aside from going to um, physician offices, like how do you market yourself? That's probably the number one. Um, I do, you know, I do like a Facebook page and an uh, Instagram page, but the, the best is just going and face to face. <laughs> face to face with the, um, with the patient coordinators and essentially with the gatekeepers, the people that are in direct contact with the patients who may, who may need our help and asking them to put our brochures into the patient packets so that when the patient goes home after their consultation, they're sitting on the couch looking through everything, they already see our name, our picture, um, and are already exposed to it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's huge, that in, in and of itself, because it's almost like the physician's office is endorsing you as well, so that carries a, a ton oh, of weight. Massive. It's totally, I am forever in their debt when they do that for me, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a two-way street because you provide their patients with, you know, massive value. So then it reflects positively on them as well. Right, right. So it's, it's not like you're bothering the doctor's office. You know, it's like you're contributing to the care of the patient. Right, right. Um, so what, have, what has really been like the biggest challenge for you in all of this? Uh, um, the, the biggest challenge I'm going through right now, okay, so like having the confidence and certainty continually always being having confidence and certainty like being certain that what you're doing is good um getting through the peaks and the valleys um and right now i i guess i'm at a peak we're getting very busy and so i'm trying to gracefully grow um by bringing people on board more nurses as independent contractors and it just comes with a whole another box of, you know, because you're kind of managing people, but at the same time, they're independent. So I'm not their boss, but, um, you know, and, and just managing the influx of calls I get and, mm -hmm. and emails, keeping everything organized. Because um, I do not want to say no to a doctor's office, say, no, I'm sorry, we, we can't help. I'm booked. And three other of my nurses were already booked on that day. Like, although that would be crazy. I haven't, I've had three patients at, at once on one day and between the, the nurse and myself, we've been able to do it, but it's going to keep getting busier. So it's, it's a challenge. I just want to still deliver really good care and grow and kind of um, bring more technology to the business as well. Make it easier with invoices and just have it as streamlined as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, because those nurses, while they're contractors, they still reflect on you, right? Exactly. So do you have some kind of onboarding process for them or not yet? Um, as in like an interview process? No, as in um, so just... Like shadowing? Uh, just that they're all delivering the quality care that you think that the patients deserve for... Yeah. Um, so... I had one of them shadow me today 
and she is a very good nurse, provides very high quality care. Um, I have full 100% confidence in her. Uh, um, have you had to fire anybody yet? No, not yet. <laughs> That's awesome. No, not yet. That's the scariest part of, of like hiring people because you want to make sure that you hire the right people and you know to have to fire somebody is so scary. <laughs> oh, and oh my gosh, okay, this is really hard right now. Um, when I'm with patients and then I'm getting calls for new patients from doctor's offices and from patients themselves, I can't take the calls because um, I'm with a patient. So I almost need an assistant to be with me to man my phone until I get a business phone set up. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of services out there for that. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you need like a virtual assistant or something that can feel. I, all need, I need another. Yes, I need another me. You know? <laughs> And that's like, you know, that's a problem that most people want to have is those growing pains. So, yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you're at that level now. Um, what are kind of the next steps for you? What are you looking to do next? I'm looking to get um, these three nurses I was just talking about kind of on board, um, have them sign the contracts, have them get insurance and have them shadow and feel comfortable so that when I get a new client referral, I can just say, hey, are you available? Can you take such and such patient on such and such date? And it's just easy. It's streamlined. Mm -hmm. Like they feel confident. They feel confident. They just go and do an awesome job. Um, and then I, I want to get like a, an assistant or an office person to like do my kind of just keep everything organized, all my intake forms and stuff of clients and, yeah. and answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of like uh, one of my mentors always talks about the 80-20 rule and there's, and there's also like there's thousand dollar hour tasks and then there's ten dollar hour tasks and it's your job as the boss to outsource all those things that cost ten dollars an hour to like the appropriate people and you know, just start taking those things off your plate because you're capable of doing like that thousand dollar an hour stuff and you need to kind of move in that direction. Right, right. So, all right, well, is there any like kind of last things that you want to say or tell new nurses that are, are looking to, to start their own business? So much I want to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, you need to write those books. <laughs> oh, like, don't, don't settle. Um, don't just stay at a job because you have benefits and it's secure. Like, you're going to wake up 20 years from now and be like, what am I doing here? You're going to be miserable and you're going to probably be super disappointed or hate yourself because of it. And for me, I, I just couldn't keep doing it. I was such an unhappy person. It was affecting every aspect of my life. Like now I'm exponentially happier and just a better wife, a better friend, a, a better daughter, a better sister because I started this. And, and yeah, it's a huge risk. It's, it's not certain. I didn't know what I would end up doing. It's still a risk, you know, but so is driving on the freeway. So um, just, just go for it. And just please, for the love of God, just start. Like everyone is like so worried about what they're going to do, or they think, like you said, they don't have any talents. Like everyone has something to offer. Um, and just start my best advice on starting is making yourself a better person, investing in yourself and listening to <clears throat> podcasts, audiobooks about entrepreneurship. Um, some of the things I've mentioned here from Robert Kiyosaki to Grant Cardone um, and, and just make the decision that you're going to 
um, make yourself a better person and you're going to, you're going to start something. You're going to deliver some type of service and, and solve a problem for somebody. Yeah. I think that is so key. It's just, just do something, just <laughs> screw it. Just do it. You know, that's <laughs> what my, yeah, exactly. Screw it. Just do it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, all right. Well, how can we find you if we want more information or if people want to get in contact with you or, you know, what would be next steps uh, from your perspective? Uh, they can find me on my website, www.solos, S-O-L-O-S, nurse.com. I'm also on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash solosnurse and Instagram. Yay. Thank you so much, Katie. You're amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I just love doing this kind of stuff and I love talking to people that are, that are doing it. So. Am I the most vibrant? <laughs> You're very vibrant. <laughs> Yay. All right. Cool. Thanks for making my night. Sure. All right. I will talk to you again soon. Okay. See you later. All right. Bye.